right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal gain. Timeline Only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. It is. That is a little bit. But. All right. Okay. We're in. We're we're here. Casual Wednesday. Casual uh, Wednesday. Normal Wednesday. Car. How was your cactus trip? How how did you get a cactus finally? Uh no. I'm just deciding that this one's going to regrow and it's going to represent new life in Carcadia. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, speaking of car, let's get right into it. Speaking of Carcadia, uh, I noticed that. Well, first of all, there's only one employee in the government in Carcadia, so the, you know, the bureaucracy's pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that there was no announcement put out about um, whether or not you were going to be abiding by uh, Joe Biden's uh, executive order regarding vaccination mandates. Yeah, it's, it's stuck in the process, man. We're, we're, I got to track that down. I got to see exactly where that paperwork is. Uh, it is we, we, have, we have something pending. We have something pending. Right. Um, I've got to go find which desk that's on and uh, it's, it's not the bureaucracy that slows everything down it's just your lack of organization yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so okay uh, well i was hoping for you to really you know wheels took the stand yeah which is great uh and you know uh, oftentimes you'll notice that that the uh, policy in carcadia will mimic that of my neighbors to the all-around in texas so i wouldn't be surprised to see a representative from carcadia coming out with an announcement regarding this uh, right. in a similar nature as wheels did last week so uh, yeah stay and, tuned. and and it's a little troubling because carcadia how many employees really are working and is carcadia even have 100 employees uh no yeah so that that's the other thing is that we are slightly below the threshold for which you would need to report uh vaccine uh compliance to the federal government right. uh, to which we don't report anyway but uh if we were to comply with that 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 would be yeah we, we, we don't we're actually exempt so um yeah that's fair the only state in the union <laughs> yeah 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 we're more you know we're a micro uh we're well, we, we don't really know what we are. A little honestly. Lichtenstein. Yeah. A little Lichtenstein. So. Um, so you rolled back in in your Pontiac Aztec, uh. um, triumphantly, mm. uh, that is. I got a little teaser story for us to start the, to start the day. I'm giving a – this is our first Libertarian Animal of the Week award. Hey, real quick, can you tell me what year that Pontiac Aztec is and what the – It's a 98, the, I believe. 98 Pontiac Aztec. Did say that? I'm going to look up the Kelly Blue Book value of that. The Kelly Blue, I don't know if that's a, right. I just said 98. <laughs> yeah, $98.50. Aztec 04. How about that? Do we like 04. the sound? Go look up the 04, the value of the 04 Pontiac Aztec yellow. Right, Car? Yeah. Macaroni and cheese yellow. I'm actually eating mac and cheese right now. Really? Damn. Well, that is interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Make sure you chew right into the mic. I probably will. We'll see. Libertarian Animal of the Week Award is going to go to a duck named Ripper. Wow. Uh, this is the taster story. A Dutch scientist, this is just yesterday, uncovered old recordings of a musk duck mimicking the phrase, you bloody fool, which he learned when he was raised by humans in an Australian bird park. Uh, the researcher, whose name is Carol Tenkate, 
said that Ripper is, uh, he's got a few more phrases to his repertoire, including making noises like a, a door closing and a latch clicking. Not really nearly as impressive. He does say, you bloody fool. He, he does mock people. Uh, Ten Kate tells us it's a rare phenomenon, common around some animals raised by humans and, and more common in parrots and songbirds. But uh, this duck, Ripper, uh, she says, uh, it is quite extraordinary. Uh, it's an independent evolutionary occurrence of the ability for vocal learning. And that's very special. So shout out to you, Ripper. You're winning Libertarian Animal of the Week for uh, becoming independent of the expectations of your species. Hmm. Um, we like huh. that here on the show. That is something um, we like, yeah. A lot happened uh, last Boy. week. Our Attempts to subvert the universe mm -hmm. uh, was foisted again. Backfired spectacularly, much like a Pontiac Aztec. Uh, I believe on like Thursday it was. Morning. Joe Biden had announced that vaccine mandate nonsense. And yeah. the following days were uh, populated by various individuals from various states saying no thank you. Many governors have come out to say no thank you. Uh, Carr, can you do me a quick favor? Sure. Search up Vaccine Rebellion. Try and get the state count at this point. Yeah, I think I'll see if I can find 23. It. it was at least 27 when I was hanging out with Jake down in uh, Fredericksburg this weekend. At least 27. So if every senator goes by the will of that governor, well, then this thing ain't passing in the Senate. Not that it would have to, obviously. It's an executive order. It's got to be sued and sent up to the Supreme Court. But... At least as far as the Senate goes, it would not pass. And so I don't know what that's supposed to tell us other than, well, obviously, this is not a very favorable move. Uh, yeah, 23 was the last one I saw. And uh, we will get into some vaccine stuff in just a bit. I would like to say rip to Norm MacDonald before we do that. Or rip, yeah. rip to Norm MacDonald, who just passed away. Very that hurts. One of, the, yeah, one, of the, one of the goats of all time. I think the goat, personally, but that's just my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. I, I couldn't I, – I, I, I'm not sure if I agree, but I certainly can't disagree with you. Yeah. Great comedian. I, for, for me, it's – well, man. Yeah. I mean, at least of our era, it's him and Dave. Um, but phew, golly, man. Very true. Very Norm. true. Yeah. Rip rip to Norm, one of the best storytellers, certainly, of all time. That, that like, can't be disputed. As somebody that has stylized my brand of humor as, like, just deadpan, dry humor, like, he is definitely, like, somebody that I I grew up watching and, um, you know, had kind of an impact on me, I guess. Like, I, I definitely try to be like him. On my deliveries. Yeah. He's, you yeah, say he's the N-word a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah. But he, you say, well, with a innovation. twist. With a twist. Yeah, you can't, yeah. yeah it's, it can't just be a copycat. You got to twist yeah, it. Right. Deadpan, dry delivery of the N-word. Right, yeah. Very <laughs> where, where it bridges between comedy and hate. And, and, a, and a threat. And just a blanket threat. <laughs> hey, Carl, I want to let you know, uh, you get a cool $3,700 for your Pontiac Aztec. Wow, wow. that's really and, good news. Uh, Kelly Blue Book rates it a, a consumer reviews, give it a 4.3 out of 5 stars. That's People good. are pretty happy with their Aztecs. Great. That's, That's great. So there, you have, there should be no shame at all attached to 
your ownership of that particular vehicle. $3,700 will be just as real in my bank account as the Pontiac Aztec in my driveway. (laughs) And this is pre-chip shortage price, too. Really? Wow. You know what? A lot of chips. A lot of chips in the Aztec. Everyone knows that. It was actually chided for that uh, when it was initially initially released. (laughs) Too many chips, they said. Too many chips, they said. But now, in retrospect, it looks like that chip, uh, that chip yeah. glutton, gluttony uh, was was in uh, was, was wise. At least what four mm-hmm. chips in there? Forward right? thinking, forward four thinking. Yeah, four, five, four or five chip bag of chips. They called it yep. the bag yeah, of chips. Bag the of, they, that's what they called. I remember chips. that when that first, <laughs> yeah. when that car in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. when the first yeah. Aztec was released, that was get a car and a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were giving them and, away. Uh, you know, for somebody that value, values. Um, an ability to car camp. Yes. This seems like uh, really the perfect vehicle. It is. It's pretty perfect, man. Chips, camping, you know, 37 yeah. Aside bucks. from, say, a Subaru, of course. Aside from that, obviously. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Of course. Superior. Which is, admittedly, has fewer chips. Yeah. If, if less chips. chips, possibly more utility. Yes. Perhaps, perhaps. Well, we'll 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 leave that to the side for we'll now. We'll dive into that later. We'll, we'll get we'll, more. Oh, we will. We'll get back to that. There's a couple of stories, fellas. There's some serious ones. There's some goofy ones. Would you like me to regale you with a serious story or a goofy story? Let's, let's go goofy. Let's go goofy. Coming off the norm thing, I gotta lighten yeah. my okay. Let's let's palette. let's 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 have a little interesting little story here. First of all, it must be said has to come out this podcast. I'm gonna take the initiative here, fellas. I don't think you're gonna disagree with me, but I'm gonna take the initiative. We are huge supporters of Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yeah, personally, absolutely. I've been a Nikki Stan for at least a decade. I don't know if I've told the story on here. I had a heartbreaking moment one time when I had, I think it's $352 was carrying around in the, in the old bank account. Mm-hmm. Caught myself in the city the day of a Nicki Minaj performance, Madison Square Garden. Problem was, I was hungry. I was oh, hungry. Man. And so, unfortunately, I had to decide to feed myself instead of spend the amount of money for the backstage ticket to go and see Nikki. I've regretted the decision ever since, um, but I'm still a huge fan. So it is with this news story that I'm presenting to you that I want to personally wish Mrs. Minaj a get well soon, as she is currently suffering from COVID-19, a very average illness. That being said... (laughs) She tweeted something recently that was very curious. She's tweeted a couple of curious things recently. There was a lot. Car, there was a lot, but we're going to start from the beginning. Okay. The one that sparked it all. Yes. <clears throat> My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. It's profound. Now, (laughs) and now this has been denied immediately by many. Many have claimed there was likely an STI from an unfaithful man. And so they swept her story aside. I think we, though, the investigative masters that we are here on TLE, ought to give more attention to the claim because Mm -hmm. we love Nikki and on this program... We support her, and we wish her the best, and we know she wouldn't lie to us. No. Nicki Minaj is actually my role model. There's nobody Norm. I'd like to emulate better. <laughs> and then Nicki, Norm, and then Nicki uh, for your comedic style. It's it's No, uh, Nicki Minaj more so for 
Uh, just somebody who's able to leverage her fan base to crush any threat. Um, <laughs> she's she's definitely like th- just the model Leninist. Um, you know, as as evidenced by you know, basically having her fan base harass and threaten somebody that was going to sue her for right. ale- an alleged rape. Yes. Um, you know, she got rid of that problem pretty quickly, and hats off to her. Really, hats off. Yeah, that's impressive. Now. Before I get to it, the CDC, one of our least, one of the least role models on this show, I've never taken a role from them once. Has I've come never out thought about the CDC before, like this podcast. a year ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, probably... not even this part. Like, nope, still didn't think of the podcast. Still, <laughs> still, I, I think about the CDC less than I thought about the podcast. As and which was very now. little. Yeah, <laughs> very little. And is consistently very little over time. Yeah, I think I, I think more about the CDC now than I do this podcast. Hey, well, Carr, really you, you're, you still, you're still a little distant. I, I, come into the foreground for me, a little more game. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in the foreground. Yeah. I'm back yeah, in the there foreground. Yeah, there you are. There we go. Well, like you know that. why. I there's, was... nothing in the, there's nothing in the kitchen, Carr. You can come back. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> So true. So true, King. So true. <laughs> we throw a, we throw a corn dog in for you. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah. All right. Microwave's going. So, so Nikki. CDC had to come out, ruin everybody's fun. They denied the claims. Quote, there are no reports of vaccines causing erectile dysfunction, orchitis, inflammation of the testicles, one or the other. Furthermore, they actually decided to turn the tables, which was frustrating. They basically said, no, you, quote, COVID-19 infections, meanwhile, may be a risk factor for impotence and male infertility. And it's been found that orchitis occurred in up to 22 men, according to researchers. Hmm. Now, the study, I looked into this, fellas, because I'm an investigator. The study that they're citing to tell you that is a study that came out of Wuhan, China, entitled (laughs) Ultrasound Imaging Findings of Acute Testicular Infection in Patients with Coronavirus Disease 2019, a single-center-based study in Wuhan, China, which claims to show imaging evidence that SARS-CoV-2 may cause infection of the testes or epididymis, and the risk is worthy of attention from clinicians. It's bogus. It's 142 people. It's 142. This, this makes me. Study. This is this is why I don't believe in statistics. It, you take a control group, yeah. with on average the smallest penis and balls in the world, <laughs> and you say, "Shots fired." Nope, nothing happened, guys. <laughs> the uh, first of all, the 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 go and look up the rates of infertility, the rates of testicular uh, inflammation in China is higher than average in, in the globe. I looked that up too. I can't tell you why it's gotta be because they all eat like garbage and you know, it's mm-hmm. all processed industrial food that they're trying to crank out to support this massive overpopulated industrialized place that should never have been industrialized and was industrialized too rapidly. And they're seeing all the consequences of that we'll get back to China later because even more is happening, unfortunately yeah. to the average person in China has really taken up an L this year. Um, but just stepping back for a second, because the study's bogus. Go look it up. I just gave you the title. It's a ridiculous study. 
Stepping I back. I just told you why. Look up China's ball studies, everyone. Look up that. No. Look, well, I gave the exact name of the study, but yeah, go look up Chinese balls. <laughs> yeah, studies. <laughs> That's our new t-shirt right there. Inflamed. Look up They're Chinese pathetic. balls. Yeah, yeah, or your, uh, or your or free not. Not to. Not to. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone actually believe that 22% of men with coronavirus experienced inflammation of the testes? That would be a wild thing, man. <laughs> Does anyone believe this? That it's very puzzling that also, they would report this. Also, also if that were, we haven't heard of it until now, until somebody no, is accusing that. Like, no, like no what if, man. What if one, one in no five? <laughs> if I were an Asian and my balls grew bigger from a disease, <laughs> All right, I would okay. suck. Back on track, though. Sucked. Like, if, if, if literally one in four or one in five dudes got swollen balls with it's COVID, ridiculous. we would have heard about this. I add absolutely one in five dudes would be high five yeah Yeah, really literally it's ridiculous it's very puzzling that they would report such a thing because absolutely no man i know has experienced this and because we're not children who think there's some sort of shame in announcing that as a symptom it's really odd to me to think that i haven't heard of a single instance of this occurring let alone up to 22 percent i can name many a gentleman who's had COVID 19 at this point Mm-hmm. Many, not one of them has told me, man, my balls are are just Huge. they took a beating, bro. <laughs> Dude, let me I'll tell you let me tell you something, all right? When I had COVID oh, and I had a fever of 102 plus, um plus. my balls draped so low that they would like I had to like hold them up while I was on the toilet. Well, that's not inflammation. Yeah, that's just no, you being not. 55 years old and eating yeah, a lot and of nitrates. A of 102. <laughs> my balls were trying to like escape my body because it was so because it was so hot. infected with COVID. They were and, trying to get away before they swallowed. Yeah, and up. the toilet water was like was like a, a nice cool fucking ocean. Please cool us off. Absolutely ridiculous. It's yeah. the it is the most absurd thing of all time. But before I continue, one more thing. Ivermectin was smeared recently, um, the, the so patented wonder drug. It's not patented. Mm-hmm. No pun intended, of course. Uh, it was smeared as causing infertility. Hmm. Now, it's troubling. Provax rumors were floating around. It's, it's a childish, of course, way to dismiss people from using an allegedly, I wish I didn't have to say that, highly effective treatment for COVID-19. But that was dismissed. A flurry of... Viral news articles claim that ivermectin, which is an antiparasitic, or traditionally used that way in humans, some people were taking it, and despite no evidence, it was claimed in the media that up to 85% of people who take it were made infertile. 85%? Is, what is it? So Not what you need nonsense. to do, if you get COVID and you, or you want a prophylactic um, treatment of COVID, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, monoclonal antibodies... And Bluetooth. And Bluetooth, right. Shoot, can- yeah, to cancel it out. There's, 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 and like, of course, shield bl- you, can, you can type N into the Bluetooth coupon code section yep. or 10% off Bluetooth brought to you by TLE. Thank you, Bluetooth. Thanks. We appreciate you. According to the CDC website, found this interesting, pain, redness, this is a quote, itchiness, swelling at the injection site are common reactions in COVID-19 vaccinations. They can happen right away or up to seven days, and they usually last one to two days, but sometimes slightly longer. So perhaps if this gentleman got the vaccine in his testes, he absolutely would have seen inflammation in the testes caused by the vaccination. Unfortunately, there's no other reported case of uh, inflammation of the testes due to the vaccine, 
I have a hard time believing that there's a substantial number of people experiencing orchitis, as it's known, uh, from coronavirus itself. And certainly ivermectin isn't causing any swelled testicles. Now, several different STIs can cause swelled testicles. I looked into it. Look up swelled testicles, STIs. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. The Tucker Carlson covered the story, uh, labeling Nikki as, quote, a huge rap artist without much overlap with her audience in this one. But <laughs> his producers yeah. assured that she's one of the biggest in the world. This is true. He then proceeded to read the entire tweet out loud, um, which is an excellent thing. Go look up Tucker Carlson's swollen balls. Uh, there, There's no evidence, of course, that it's a side effect of the vaccines, not yet at least. After reading the full tweet, he said her take seems sensible. So maybe, Tucker, maybe. But in any case, get well soon, Nikki, and to your cousin's friend. Good luck, buddy, because that girl obviously was not for you. She wasn't in it for the long haul. Yeah. And you deserve better. Nikki's cousin's friend. Yep. Nikki's cousin's friend. Nikki's cousin's friend. We'll move to a more serious story now. Uh, still on coronavirus stuff. I don't know if you guys caught this because this was swept under very, very quickly. But recently, doctors suggested that a hospital ought to change their coronavirus case count, quote, to make it a little bit more scary for the public. <laughs> a little bit more. Like after the last 18 months, they're like, Neh. you know, just like adding a pinch of salt at the end of making a gumbo for, for an entire day. <laughs> So, yeah, a North Carolina a doctor who had formerly served as the chief of medical staff for a regional medical center argued in a virtual meeting that the hospital's messaging needed to be, quote, a bit more scary for the public, suggesting that post-COVID patients be included in the case count. The internal discussion on how hmm. the hospital reports its COVID-19 patients featured Mary Ruddick, who was previously serving as the medical chief of staff for Novant Health New Hanover Regional Medical Center. Uh, includes other people like Shelburne Stevens, the president of the NHRMC, and the hospital's director of marketing, Carolyn Fisher. In the video, the director of marketing, Carolyn Fisher, explains, quote, the dashboard and how it's set up Myself, as far as how we got information out of the community of meaningful numbers, we've only set on a weekly basis. So now that's on our website, and we've been sharing that through social channels as well, particularly those graphics that show a number of patients in-house, the percentage of them that are unvaccinated, percentage of unvaccinated people in the ICU, and the percentage of deaths and those numbers. So those numbers that we're put out as far as we don't get into details of course this is all uh uh from her speaking of those numbers are certainly out there so ruddick responds and says i guess my feeling at this point in time is maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public then there's another comment that i completely agree there are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-covid but we're not counting those numbers so how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of patients that we have in the hospital? Fisher then responds, so is that all the people who have been in hospital since the beginning of COVID? Ruddick replies, well, or but are still in. 
And that's something that I can take to someone else. But I think those are important numbers. The patients that are still in hospital that are off the COVID floor, but still occupying the hospital for various reasons. Really? Uh... So Stevens, who is the, the uh, as I mentioned before, the president, said, Carolyn, I'm sorry, we're calling those recovered now. If you look at the Novid Health dashboard, they're listed as recovered, but I do think from our standpoint, we would still consider them a COVID patient because they're still here. This is the kind of conversations they're having, guys. Yeah, it's... Quote from Ruddick, I think that there needs to be highlighted as well because once they're off isolation, they drop from the COVID numbers. That's exactly right. So then Stevens responds one more time. Carolyn, we can talk offline how we run that up to marketing. <laughs> Hold on, what? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Ruddick continues, so I was going to say, Caroline, I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. Uh, we have to say something coming out. You know, you don't get vaccinated. You know you're going to die. Let's just be really blunt with these people. So the center had to eventually release a statement on the conversation, and so they stated, the team members involved in this excerpt of an internal meeting are seeing the highest level of COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths so far in this pandemic, despite having safe and effective vaccines widely available. (laughs) This was a frank discussion among among medical and communications professionals on how we can more accurately convey the severity and seriousness of what's happening inside our hospitals and throughout our communities. Specifically, the data we have been sharing does not include patients who remain hospitalized for COVID-19 complications, even though they are no longer COVID-19 positives. So it does not provide a complete picture of the total impact of COVID-19 on our patients in hospitals. We continue to be concerned with the amount of misinformation in our communities and consistently strive for more ways to be more transparent and tell the whole story. The continued rise of hospitalizations makes it evident that we have to work uh, more work to do to reach our communities with these messages. So there you go. Lying about the numbers, trying to inflate the numbers further, pulling every way that they possibly can. If they really had considered them COVID patients the whole time, they shouldn't have taken them off and listed them as recovered, and those should not count towards COVID deaths. I mean, that's simple to me. You didn't die of COVID. Just don't count recoveries ever. Yeah, why would you? And, nobody uh, ever recovers. Yeah, nobody ever recovers from yeah. it. Nobody ever recovers like from it. it. You get it once, that's That's transparency. Yeah. Unbelievable. We have, yeah. so have so 675,000 people currently in this small hospital in New Hanover County, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I do like I've totally taken a backseat and started to just kind of, you know, enjoy this thing with popcorn because to. it's just it's yeah, it's it's totally jumped the shark. Yeah, must be nice to be. Uh, kind of Loki, it kind of is. So, uh, so it's, I mean, it's it's absurd. My, my favorite uh, part of this. So it. There's all of these different factions that are just trying to push and pull in ways that that make it advantageous for them or they're just true believers of this thing or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, But this a is totally ridiculous, but it's also a a pretty candid look at what we all knew was going on from Mm -hmm. pretty early on. I mean, it didn't take too too many weeks to go by where you're like, okay. Something just doesn't feel right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, it, it running it up to marketing that might be the you How's know, that? and, and yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like it's not like we didn't know that, but th- yeah, that's like pretty like like to yeah. be having that conversation now yeah. out in the open is pretty. 
pretty uh, pretty indicative of where we're at with this thing. A hundred percent. But uh, and I don't want to. I, I do want to come back to a couple aspects of this. But one of my favorite parts of the COVID, the ongoing COVID saga, and and how <laughs> just nothing really seems to add up, and people are ceaselessly marching onwards anyway, is the NFL policies of uh, ha- players having to miss uh, like pra- sit out basically and quarantine due to COVID. And going into the season, they clearly had this big plan to basically force, I mean, essentially force all of the players and coaches to get vaccinated. There were a few holdouts, but frankly, not very many based on, you know, just just uh, by the numbers. And um, so but but they did that in a very uh, unwise in retrospect way. And that was by making these insane um, like uh, 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 quarantine uh, restriction or like mandates for anyone who tests positive. So they were, so they were, but they gave different quarantine procedures to those who were unvaccinated and as they did to those who were vaccinated, like much stricter, you have to sit out for much longer if you're unvaccinated, but they still weren't scaring enough people. So they started to increase the uh, quarantine procedures for the vaccinated. And that was in order to try to coerce the unvaccinated to get vaccinated, right? So that you couldn't be blamed for the, the the you know your entire team missing a, a game or, or whatever and so i i have just seen this train coming from a mile away now most of the nfl is vaccinated but people are still testing positive <laughs> and so people are having to sit out this draconian amount of time like for example the dallas cowboys had like the, probably their best offensive player uh had to sit out this last game he's vaccinated he never had a symptom um <laughs> the five I, i'm a carolina panthers fan so apparently the 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 sword cuts my way this time because it looks like five offensive coaches for the new orleans saints have to sit out all vaccinated non-symptomatic and they're missing they're missing the game this week when they play us so it's like dude i'm telling you man it's like it's wild the nfl is a trip right now because because nobody really knows what to do with it and like everybody's frustrated but nobody can break face nobody can break kayfabe you know it's like it's it's starting to get funny like it um, is it's it's hilarious it's not starting to get it's been really it's been really funny yeah it's less funny like the day that he announced the mandates it was not funny to i me was at literally all. fed posting at jake like yeah, through, de- yeah, through texts yeah it was not it was not funny <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah I was, I, we, we, were, we were not having a normal one that day yeah, no no but then i broke I, through yeah and then like a day later it was like no that's it's pretty funny yeah <laughs> yeah like, then it gets funny just, again yeah. when you really think about trying to implement <laughs> such an insane yeah is, uh, they can't fucking figure out who pays their taxes and who doesn't let alone find yeah. this new newfangled uh, garbage on a, on a cardstock on a piece of I know man stock. it's every <laughs> bit of it is cartoonish it's Absolutely just cartoonish if it wasn't causing so much misery it would be outright funny and now it's more yeah. of like a greek tragedy or whatever they say that's a that's a great way to put it it is it has the tone <laughs> of a greek tragedy it really does um i there, there's more um I wonder if I have any more vaccine news here. No, I don't have any more vaccine news here for now, but I do. Can I just say that it's amazing that they made Cam Newton the face of, like, anti-vax NFL players? They took, like, out of the handful that there are, like, fucking uh, Cole Beasley, Christian McCaffrey, the fucking the the QB for the Bills, Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, I think, is in there, too. And Yep. And, uh, like, they just were like, okay, who's the most insane person out of this Who group? Is- Oh, who, Cam Newton. Yeah. Let's fucking I mean, put the cameras on her. Who's who? Can I may may I even go so far as to say who is the most black person of this group? That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is by far. The who most is black. the only Although, black person? I don't know, DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins and uh, uh, he's 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 oh, up there. Okay. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. 
That was did Lamar Jackson not get vaccinated? Yeah, oh, nice. no. I love it. Not yet. I love it, man. I Very do. Good. The the it is um, it's like as the number of although. Dude, so that hold on before we before we move yeah, on, that's yeah. that's fucking hilarious. So I watched Lamar Jackson play Monday Night Football last night. He's unvaccinated, and Zach Martin, the offensive tackle for uh, Dallas, who had no symptoms and got vaccinated but happened to test positive, had to sit out for a fucking game. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great, dude. Yeah, it's such so good. I mean, at this at this uh, point, how so can you good. make bets? Dude. Oh, dude, it's impossible. Yeah, that's the right? thing. It's because impossible. How, Fan- how can you be sure then that they aren't rigging it's the games? It's <laughs> so difficult. It's so difficult to make bets. Even if they aren't rigging the games, they rigged the rules against themselves. Yes, like, they have true. to play by their own rules to save face for the media. So the- it's, it's fucking people's it's fantasy team. It's fucking my too. fantasy team, I can tell you that. <laughs> now, do you have to, now, do you, now, now, is it a team-by-team team rule or is it an NFL rule? NF- I think it's no, no, no. It's an, that's an NFL uh, rule. Okay. Did they send? Did they? Did they mandate yes. it, or did they just send out a memo? No, I'm pretty sure they mandated it. I, I mean, I don't know exactly. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, dude. I'm pretty sure because I was. I, I remember when they were talking about this at the NFL level and how like there were some teams muttering and like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they forced everyone's hand. Huh? Because they couldn't yeah. not. Because then nobody would enforce it. Are you gonna tell me yeah. you don't want you don't want a you know a, a you, the be, the best offensive player you have on the field? Jerry Jones, like for the Dallas, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. Jerry Jones is like a ridiculous caricature of a person. Yeah, absolutely. But like, but like, <laughs> tell me that Jerry Jones, if 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 somebody came down with polio and Jerry Jones thought that he'd give him a, that he'd have a chance to win a game with a guy on the field, he'd put him on the field. Like that's you know, I mean, yeah. so I I just don't think that uh, you know it's it's just ridiculous. Totally, it's it's a totally absurd, and it's getting crazier by the by the hour. It seems like. I was going to say, as more and more people are getting vaccinated, the unvaccinated class is becoming more elite, funnier, and uh, living life better. But then I realized, Carr, right now I want you to take a guess. How many people are fully vaccinated in the United States percentage? Fully vaccinated? Uh, I feel like a while ago we were at, like, I don't even know what fully vaccinated is anymore because they came out with a booster. Well, I'll cut to the chase. 55. It's actually a lot closer than you thought. It's about 52. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About fifty-two point thirty-two percent of people, yeah. which is very encouraging because at this stage in the game, you if know, you're ha- not fully if you're not fully yeah. vaccinated at this point, you, they, you have getting vaccinated. Yeah, now, who's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they may be able to squeeze that yeah. number up to fifty-five, but it's yeah. gonna, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really. I mean, I, the vaccine mandate. I didn't understand its purpose at first because I was really under the impression for a while that it was about seventy-something percent. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Israel, of course, everybody's touting Israel dually as, number one, the most vaccinated nation, and number two, the most fucking confused. Yes. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? <laughs> yes. And so I can I'm really, that's doing a huge favor for people who are either anti-vaxxers or simply I would prefer not tos. Well, um, I think that there's, and I think yeah. that there's also a lot of evidence um to support the fact that uh, that natural immunity is a lot better than the four hundred times is the yeah, last. The, time well, yeah, yeah, and like and I mean, not only that, I don't but know I think how the, you calculate that, right? Yeah, so, but way higher than I can count. I can tell you that. But the uh, the the more interesting thing is that there there's some there seem to be some studies that are supporting the idea that if you had COVID recovered and had natural immunity and then became vaccinated, like got a vaccine after that, it could actually harm your natural immunity. You could be more susceptible to COVID. And certainly anecdotally is, is that not what seems to be happening in Israel? I mean, you know what? And I just Googled it because I wanted to fact check myself right there. I I don't know where I got 400 from. Be totally honest here. An Israeli study came out 
and said 6.7 times more effective. Yeah. So that's, well, that's a lot. study. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Even it's if it lot. was, even it's if it still was more effective than yeah, the and I, yeah. And I do wonder which vaccine they're comparing that to. Yeah, because I don't the know. Johnson and Johnson has shown to be far more effective against the regular, the variants, if the variant even exists. Who fuck knows? Yeah. And then the, the Pfizer is like not not effective at all. I mean, by comparison, even to the Johnson and Johnson one, it's literally juice. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's ball ball <laughs> enlargement juice. <laughs> you might as well stick it right in your nuts and hope <laughs> hope, hope it does uh, make yeah. you infertile, so you don't make any more stupid decisions for anyone else. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so let let's take it away from that. We're gonna come yeah. back to China later, though, because it's a crazy yeah, story going on in China right now. I don't know there. if you looked into that one. Oh, much, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, ridiculous. But we'll get back. And I, I came up with a really crude pun to talk about it, so I'll Perfect. share that later. <laughs> um, but we'll get to another serious story, and then we'll go to a joke one. There's treason in the White House, boys, or at least there was treason in the White House. So. A book by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa recently came out. It's called Peril, and it basically uh, uh, reveals, at least in the book, that General Milley uh, was worried. Uh, that's General Mark Milley, uh, high-ranking general. I, I think he four-star. I'm not quite sure. Maybe you could fact-check me there, Carr. But Mark Milley, general, was worried that after January 6th, the Capitol breach, as he called it, Trump could go rogue. And so he called a secret meeting on January 9th with senior military leaders. And during the meeting, Milley instructed senior military officials in charge of the National Military Command Center not to take orders from anyone unless he was involved. Quote, no matter what you are told, you do the procedure, you do the process, and I'm part of that procedure Milley told them so new reporting from the washington post which details in the new book shows that general mark milley reassured china's people's liberation army general li Zhuo cheng that he would give the communist nation a heads up if donald trump planned to launch an attack in the final months of his presidency he did so in a series of reported phone calls and reassured Lee that he would stand between Trump and an attack on, the co on Chinese communist assets. And this is from the report. In a pair of secret phone calls, General Mark A. Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, assured his Chinese counterpart, General Li Zhuocheng of the People's Liberation Army, that the United States would not strike. One call took place on October 30th of 2020, four days before the election that unseated President Trump, and then the other took place on January 9th of 2021. He said, quote, Generally, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. He told Lee, We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. In the book's account, Milley went so far as to pledge that he would alert his counterpart in the event of a U.S. attack, stressing the rapport they'd established through a back channel. Generally, you and I have known one another for five years now. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Oh, they're besties. Believing that China could lash out if it felt at risk from an unpredictable and vengeful American president, I don't know why on earth anybody thinks he would be vengeful towards China, Milley took action. Hey, hey, car. Hey, hey car. Yeah. 
Bird is not going to rape. <laughs> and, and, if, and if he was, Aaron will be <laughs> part of the procedure. Like Aaron <laughs> will be part of the procedure. Yeah. I repeat. <laughs> We've known one another for five years now. <laughs> an insane and enraged bird will not rape you. I'll make sure of it. All right, is everybody sufficiently afraid now? I didn't. You know what? Yeah. Honestly, Aaron, I didn't even read this story that way. But that's an interesting reading of it. That this is all. Threats. I didn't read it that way either. But yeah, now now I'm now I'm sweating and understanding it in a, in a new light. So yeah, believing that China could lash out of it felt an unpredictable and vengeful American president. Milley had to take action, or at least that's what he thought. So the same day, he called the admiral overseeing the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, which is the military unit responsible for Asia and the Pacific region, and recommended postponing the military exercises. And the admiral complied. Milley also summoned senior officers to review the procedures for launching nuclear weapons, saying the president alone could give the order, but, crucially, that he, Milley, also had to be involved. Looking into uh, each one of their eyes, Milley asked the officers to affirm that they had understood what he considered an oath. So Mm. Alexander Vindman, I don't know if you remember Alexander Vindman, but he was a key witness for the House Democrats' impeachment investigation against Donald Trump. And he actually, who's a, he's a complete bag of shit, even he called for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, that is Mark Milley, to resign following revelations that Milley secretly called his counterpart in China to offer assurances that the U.S. would give warning in case of a nuclear assault. The report says nuclear assault, but as you can hear, the quote said any attack of any kind. And so... If this is true, he writes, Vindman writes on Twitter, he usurped civilian authority, broke the chain of command, and violated the sacrosanct principle of civilian control over the military. Vindman added, it is an extremely dangerous precedent to set, and you simply can't walk away from that. This is a coup. I mean, a coup occurred. Yeah. That's a coup. That's a real coup. You know, the coup that they were saying Donald Trump tried to instigate with a couple of retards in (laughs) costumes bumbling around the White House or whatever the fuck, Mm -hmm. the Capitol building, wherever they were. Well, this was a real coup. And the book, by the way, and this is, to me, even crazier and not being reported, the book actually claims that Trump had signed a military order after he lost the 2020 election to pull the U.S. military out of Afghanistan by January 15, 2021, which would have been a few days before he left office. And the memo, which was drafted by two Trump loyalists, was nullified by Milley. Whoa. It was nullified. So Milley had said... He could not forget that Trump had done an end run around top military advisors. President yeah. Milley, yes, right. yes, right, vetoed and <laughs> vetoed and President quote, Trump. <laughs> felt no absolute certainty that the military could control or trust Trump, and believed it was his job as the senior military officer to think the unthinkable and take any and all necessary precautions. So a coup did occur. Protecting the Remember country. that, listeners. A coup did occur. It absolutely did occur. And it was exactly the way that all coups do, not from some ridiculous bipartisan sort of something going on in politics or the legislature. Yeah, no. no, no, no. It was a no. senior military <laughs> officer who took it upon himself to say, fuck you, fuck the people who elected you to be the commander-in-chief. I'm going to take control of this situation, and that's how all coups happen. Now, the only thing that I couldn't look into to find out about this story was what his affiliations with the CIA are. I couldn't find those uh, pieces of information, but it does seem like a very CIA sort of move anyway. Um, 
so that happened. We did get a coup, after all. Um, shame we couldn't have reported about it at the time, but I'm glad that the news came out. And uh, there are some who will say the source for this is not reliable, as, as most, you know, that'll happen about every, every time you get a piece of news like this. I would just say, does it seem out of the ordinary? Yeah. No, and it begs the question, um, how long has this guy had that sort of influence and sure. pull? great question. And uh, how, how, I mean, just that guy right. alone. I mean, we hear all the time, like, all these stupid names that fucking... All these like boomer conservatives have been screaming about me, fucking Paul Manafort <laughs> right. and all like, like nobody cares about that shit. And I, I kind of don't care right. about this shit either. I mean, it's something that we all know goes oh, yeah. on. It's just kind of affirming it, and we can shrug our shoulders and say, "Well, yeah." I would most definitely and, um, say this is one again, of the areas if we consider ourselves good populists, we should not simply shrug our shoulders. <laughs> this is definitely one yeah. of those areas where you got to be like, fuck you, fuck that. He's still the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, yeah. which, as we know throughout history, I mean, mm-hmm. Operation Northwoods is probably the blackest stain on the Joint Chiefs of Staff that we know, at least as far as overriding decisions and whatever. Yeah. This is a long history, as you've said. But this particular piece of shit is still sitting in his chair and probably won't leave. Probably won't leave. But he, but no, he should he be, and he should be tried and for treason. Yeah, and if, if it's not him, it's going to yeah, be somebody gonna, else. Yeah, it's going to be someone else. Because those are the type of people of that make I, it Absolutely. But I mean, that is still shocking to me. Is, am I offsides here in, in saying this is pretty indicative of how infiltrated uh, China is into the upper echelons of mm. our control structures? Great point. Yeah, great point. Yeah, the fact that that, that, this is the other thing is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said, I prefer a general from another country over my own commander-in-chief. And whatever you actually think about what would have been the results of a nuclear strike on China, which would have been absurd, but if you think Donald Trump was planning that, you're insane. Yeah. You're stupid. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is this guy has a private relationship back channel with a general of, a, of, you know, number two in the world, and they are far and getting farther as we will finish this episode with, but the fact that a foreign general was preferred to the guy's own commander-in-chief, the person who supposedly, and I'm using air quotes here, we elect, is a little weird, yeah. to say the least. And, of course, there are people defending this, right? It's the same people who you would expect to defend this. People like Joe Walsh, Democrats of all sorts are like, oh, good job, thank you for doing this, man. They're going to walk yeah. us right into a fucking military You protected military the country. Yeah. What's funny is they're the ones who get thrown out of the helicopter first. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah dude, you know. it's... Um, it's yeah. You know, every new, every week, every week we come in on here and it seems like we get a new little glimpse at maybe what's going on. And it's, it's just, it keeps unfolding to be, unfortunately, a lot of what we thought it was. Um, but, but certainly more and more bizarre with every passing day. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. I'm, this show is, the, the methodology behind this show is not to like explain the news to you. Go to listen to Scott Horton if you want, like, news. It's just a confirmed <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're not telling I just you anything read, you don't already we, know. We, we're we're just getting, like I, I said this on the Patreon episode. Go check that out, listeners. You know, we got a lot of, like, thank yous for keeping us sane messages. I've gotten a few of them. I know, Carl, you were sharing them. Yeah. 
And, like, the point of the show is just to, like, I read the news. That's what I do. I, I like to read the news and figure out what's going on. But something that I still don't see people doing in this space, which is good because it's our niche, is pe- reading the news and going, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's, that reaction is provoked in me reading the news. Almost every news article I read, I go, hold on, huh? Like, as you said, Cart, it's like a new little peek behind you know, the blinds It's of something that is just like almost we, we live in a, 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 a stage play. Like yeah. someone is pulling the, the strings behind like, oh, this will be funny. And I just mm-hmm. want to figure out who that is. That's the mm-hmm. point of this mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. is to figure out who's what guy is pulling the strings and what kind of a sense of humor he has. I think it's the devil, but, you know. Could be. <laughs> we'll talk about that on yeah. the next over the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll go over the line with uh, my demonic uh, suspicions. <laughs> Speaking of. The devil. We got another Joe Biden moment um, that was deeply troubling. Uh, it was deeply troubling. Another deeply troubling Joe really Biden. Really deeply moment. troubling. Yeah. So not him checking his watch at the funeral for those people, which we didn't. I don't know. I don't remember us talking about that one, but that, <laughs> let's mention that because that's yeah. one of those huh moments. Probably, probably happened on Wednesday. Yeah. There was another thing with Biden where he got lost on stage when his wife was speaking and he kind of just walked off. But that's not the story I want to highlight here. Here's the story. Besides the completely unintelligible speeches, the weird sniffing, touching children thing, and him doing an endless number of things to offend different groups at different times, he is a collection of nonsense besides all that we've highlighted on this show i've read articles that are starting to realize this in terms of video photography joe biden is a complete enigma there's many people who are very suspicious about joe for good reason and it seems like the media won't admit that his cognitive abilities are skidding out of control. But beyond that, his physical personhood Mm -hmm. seems to be in question. We highlighted several incidents, such as him not having any hands. If you'll remember the the, the absolutely bizarre uh, hand going over the microphone and then under the microphone that was in front of him the whole time. We'll also mention that absolutely bizarre video of him walking and he was clearly in front of a green screen clearly we'll also mention another thing that just happened one conspiracy that's been floating around is that the real joe biden is dead and the joe biden that we have is an imposter but this started a long time ago it might have been 2012 2013 but certainly around the time of the last election cycle If you'll recall, Trump had mocked Joe Biden in many ways. But one of the ways was that he got an awful facelift. Do you remember that comment? Yeah. Well, Trump also ridiculed Biden for wearing a mask to protect himself against COVID. And he told a crowd last year, quote, I mean, honestly, what the hell did he spend all that money on plastic surgery for if he's going to cover it up? (laughs) Which is a very... Trump statement, by the way, yeah, another yeah. excellent line from, from yeah. the king. But it's true. There are surgeons who said that when he was the vice president still, the former vice president, hadn't become the president, about 2019, 
and even back in 08, in the 08 campaign, surgeons were saying that he looked different. Dr. Barry Cohen, a Washington, D.C.-based plastic surgeon, told the Washington, Washington Examiner, quote, Without any question, Joe Biden has had hair transplants. In fact, he had bad plugs years ago. We covered that on this show. But there's more. Some even suggest that if you look at the side of his face, you can see facelift scarring. Now, maybe that's not a shock. Maybe it's not odd for a public figure to get some work done, to look a little bit younger, especially when you look like Joe Biden. Although we've been looking at Joe Biden, if this is the case, post-facelift, and he looks like a fucking wreck. So I can't even imagine what he, he would have looked like George Soros before us, just utterly melting. But the imposter theories spark up a lot of questions. And the most recent thing that happened, which came from the 9-11 ceremony, which was full of gaffes, by the way. I don't know if you were tracking that one, guys, but... He was aimlessly shouting like at, like a moron during is, the ceremony. Is that is that was what the 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 images with him pulling his mask down? That same time. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So he was aimlessly shouting. He was just shouting during the ceremony. <laughs> and, and beyond that, the shouting. What was more unsettling is his ear. His ear. Go look up Joe Biden's ear pulling his mask down at the nine eleven ceremony. His ear. There's a strange thing going on with his ear. In mid-ceremony, there's this image, Carl, you, you remember, oh, yeah. you just highlighted it, of him pulling his mask down and laughing, which, what's so funny, Joe? And his ear is distorted. Multiple angles show this. He has a block. A block on his ear. Of skin? Of what? I don't know. Something. What I think it is is they pulled his fucking face back, and that that's just stuff. <laughs> that's your theory. That's just stuff that's hanging there. Yeah, just stuff. Because the the very creepy part is, if we pursue this theory further, I swear to God, guys, look up Joe Biden's ears over the years. They've changed. Yeah. No. I I, th I mean I think that there's just different different body doubles. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, dude, if you look at his, and there's one particularly very disturbing body double of him that has this, like, really <laughs> demonic smile that I hate. It's very, <laughs> yes. very alarming, and I think everybody probably knows what I'm talking about. There is one that, like, has this weird way of looking head down at the camera and, like, smiling. It's just, like, ugh, it looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie or something. Really sickening. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty clear to me. Like, they they just have, like, different teeth and different ears and different, like, they look somewhat similar, but they're very obviously different people. This is, this, this harkens back to the days, you remember, Bird, two years ago, three years ago, when we were talking about that picture with Hillary Clinton, and it was just very obviously not Hillary Clinton. It's not quite as obvious with Joe Biden, but it's nearly as bad. Do you remember, like, he, it's either a body double or he's a demon. I'm entertaining both. It's because you remember that when he was creepily whispering? Yeah. Go look up Joe Biden demon whisper. Uh, and he's nine trillion, nine oh, trillion. Oh, yeah, dude. It's just. Oh, it wasn't Latin. <laughs> yeah, you're, so yeah, yeah that's true. Or Sumerian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> yeah. really creepy stuff. Really creepy stuff. It's starting to. That now. Again, here, now we're, we're going downward on the roller coaster. It's starting to get less funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've listened. I've run Joe Biden's name through the gematria. It doesn't come up as 666. I don't. So 
Maybe yeah. not. I haven't tried Kamala Harris. Maybe somebody wants to throw that in the Gamatria, see if you get 666 out of Kamala Harris. I don't know. But uh, so we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure Paz is on that as we speak. Uh, yeah. but, but that's that. So there's another. So now the fucking guy can't walk straight. The guy whispers demonically. He has no hands. His skin is falling off. His ears are changing rapidly over time. He had earlobes that were detached, and now they're attached. I don't know if you noticed that. Go look that one up. It's real, too. It's really weird. Can't explain it. He's no clipping. His hands don't exist. How much more? How much more do we like? Do we have to take before somebody just goes? He he's been dead for two years, guys. <laughs> How much more until the Vatican <laughs> gets involved? And not in the yeah, way right. that they're already involved. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's troubling, but yeah. we'll put Joe to bed for now. Again, assuming that he hasn't been, you know, gone for a decade, which I'm, I'm starting to entertain the, popu- Strap the him down. possibility that he's been dead since at least halfway through Obama's second term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know. But I want to get to the final story. My very crude pun was Lee Man Brothers. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, so the Chinese you're gonna, property. You're gonna, you're gonna take that. You're gonna take that out in post, right? <laughs> no, I can't. I, I. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I was like, what? Can I, yeah. can I put out a request? So for any Biden oh staffers out there, like Jeez. interns or whatever, just do me a favor. Take like a little mm. Soretta holy water. Just put a couple drops in his water when he's doing his speech. And I, I don't assume think he you're doesn't just like allowed kind to of continue walk this away. Train of thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, well, hey, you know what? If If he ends up bursting into flames, then yeah, I will be guilty of treason. <laughs> But if right. nothing happens, then well, it's all good. Anyway, Lee Man Brothers. Now, I put really stupid titles for every single news story that I read, okay? So I, do, I try and come up with a pun to entertain myself every time. Listen, I wasn't the one who made the comparison to the Lehman Brothers thing. I was just the one who noticed the homonym. Anyway, the Chinese property giant Evergrande. Carr, have you been tracking this story? This seems more up your alley. Yeah, yeah, I've been tracking tracking it. Uh, wild shit, right? Yeah, wild, wild yeah, it shit. really is, yeah. So I collected yeah. a lot of information on this. Let me just do a quick re- reading. Stop me when you find something interesting. But this is stuff our listeners want to know because I promise. That the reason why this is an actually important story is because anytime you hear a China hawk talking about how there are a threat to us, Tell them about Lee Man Brothers. Well, tell them about Evergrande, actually. Don't just say Lee Man Brothers. They're not going to quite get it. Chinese property giant Evergrande just defaulted on its investment management products. Mm -hmm. Now, this is probably by tomorrow. This will be breaking, breaking. But I I have already seen Chinese news sources reporting the default itself. They were saying they might default. But on the day of recording here, I've got Chinese news sources saying that they've defaulted already. So the group was cash-strapped about $305 billion in liabilities, which I think is a lot higher than that, but $305 billion in reported liabilities. Evergrande says that they're blaming online speculation about bankruptcy and restructuring and claiming that those things are totally untrue. They were saying this just a few days ago. And that mm-hmm. came despite growing market expectations that Evergrande might need a restructure. But they say they're talking to potential investors and selling some assets. Well, again... They just defaulted, so it seems like that's not quite the case. 
Um, but they had also blamed ongoing negative media reports for dampening confidence. On September 13th, angry investors were gathering around Evergrande headquarters in southern Chinese city of Shenzhen uh, and were protesting and saying, give us back our money, our hard-earned money and sweat and blood. Some really uh, based protesting, in fact. Um, Bloomberg reported last Friday that at least two of Evergrande's largest non-bank creditors demanded immediate repayment of some loans, which added a liquidity run to the growing insolvency strains in the world's most indebted developer, that is Evergrande. So two creditors, uh, which are trusted companies, pull, pull money together from wealthy Chinese investment uh, individuals, and they've got major sources of shadow financing and all that, couldn't save it. Five days after reports of a technical default slammed China's property market and sent Chinese junk bonds yields at to the highest level since March of 2020. So they are they are beginning to spiral. Uh, the company added that it will go all out to resume work and production uh, to rather to resume work and production and ensured that they would be delivering buildings, doing everything possible to restore normal operations and protect legitimate rights and interests of customers. The reason why the company was hammered is very simple. Beijing's strict deleveraging demands targeted in the housing development sector. Uh, Evergrande's cash had been shrinking very, very quickly, and it was getting worse and worse by the day as it entered a liquidity run uh, amid ongoing confusion that Beijing was going to bail the company out. Doesn't look like they're going to. Evergrande's liabilities involve more than 128 banks and over 121 non-banking institutions. And that was from a letter sent by Evergrande to the government late last year. JP Morgan estimated last week that China Minsheng Bank has the highest exposure to Evergrande. It's a, that is a massive bank in China. Late payments could trigger cross defaults as many financial institutions have exposure to Evergrande by direct loans or indirect holdings. In the bond market, Evergrande accounts for 4% of China's real estate high yields. So this is going to trigger sell-offs to the credit market, and a collapse will also have huge impacts on the job market. 200,000 staff are directly employed by Evergrande, and 3.8 million people every year are utilized by Evergrande for project developments. So in 2008, you'll recall the collapse of the Lehman Brothers uh, crumbled the financial system, uh, it was built on short-term investment strategies and a failure of sound investment practices. This is exactly what occurred in Evergrande, and Beijing knows this. And so it's going to be very interesting to see the CCP shake up a bit as populist undercurrents begin to upset traditional party lines and movements towards probably more sound money and libertarian values will start to occur. So it would be interesting to see whether or not a Chinese Ron Paul is already gearing up uh, to make himself known in the wake of the crisis. But there's another interesting takeaway. I've been calling China a paper tiger for a long time on this podcast because I like the term paper tiger, and it's always stuck with me ever since I heard somebody call it that on Scott Horton's show like two or three years ago. Australia is the world's largest producer of iron ore. So that's about 910 million metric tons in 2019 and 2020. And that's twice as much as the second competitor, which is Brazil. Iron ore is a vital component in the production of steel. 
And with China embarking on a $500 billion infrastructure spending spree to help the economy recover over the pandemic, it seems like they would need that more than ever. Diplomatic relations between Australia and China fell deeply into a chill a long time ago when the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, who we see a lot recently, uh, called for an independent investigation of the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. So they've gotten cold. Beyond that, the Chinese government said Morrison's request was political manipulation. And so since then, Australian exports have faced growing barriers to entry. Beyond this, overall, Chinese investment in Australia plunged by 62% in 2020. And just Monday, President Xi announced that steel prices were falling. The collapse of Evergrande is surely going to provoke an even greater wave of decreasing steel prices as infrastructure plans are being rapidly halted. So one has to imagine that given that China represents 30% of Australia's purchases of iron ore, the largest producer of iron ore in the world, the Australian economy is going to eat shit very soon. So that this is going to go at least as much as the Pacific region, probably globally. Carr, did you have any particular takeaways from it that I like missed? Like, because I don't know the field very well. I'm just reading off of news articles here. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I think you you d- did a good job of uh, running the bases on it. Um, there are a couple things. So first of all, uh, the comparisons with Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers bankruptcy was $630 billion, and I believe Evergrande is looking at $330 billion. Three so, five in liabilities, okay. at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to find. But, yeah, so, so you know, so. Um, you know, in inflation-adjusted dollars, you know, it's it's, it's a pretty apt comparison, honestly. Yeah, it's, and it's smaller per, economy. Smaller economy, for sure. So, yeah, it's certainly – now, my my guess is that they were embarking on all of these, like, projects that weren't all that re- productive. They were It was just growth for growth's sake, you know, just as, as yep. communist or, you know, centrally planned economies uh, uh, tend to do. Um, so if they don't – you know, if they just allow to default and then they re – you know, allow – um, all of the resources to be shifted around and all the production to be kind of restructured into whatever else is productive. It, it's probably a great thing um, in, in a year, you know, that, that it's going to be painful. Uh, my guess is that's not what they're going to do. And so, yeah, it's probably going to be start to look pretty bleak in China. Um, yeah. And then all of the second order effects, I will say that like steel prices are nuts. So if Australia needs to get rid of any iron ore, Feel free to send it to the U.S. because yeah, they'll, 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 they'll pay Jesus. for it. Uh, oh. I don't know what exact because I know China uh, refines a lot of steel and I don't know exactly how much. Uh, so, like, I don't know that we do a lot of steel refining anymore. So that may be the problem. It may be that a bunch of steel refineries that are taking uh, that iron ore and making it into steel um, exist in China and China alone. But, yeah, no, it, it, this is going to be um, th- this. uh I'll say again, it looks like the comparisons to Lehman Brothers are very apt. So, yeah, I would buckle up. But I, I do think that, uh, chi- you know, China is the paper tagger that we thought they were in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways that, you know, maybe they're – it's it's just an interesting thing. Their economy is just a shit show be- because they're a centrally planned economy to a large degree. Um, and, but their their influence is everywhere. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, just a, it's just very bizarre. China is a – what like a 50 trillion dollar housing bubble going like working on yeah, something like I mean, that yeah. I, 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 rem- I remember i think it was 
Oh Jesus! What's is it? Is it who's the news site that reports everybody as Tyler Durden? Oh, Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge. Yeah, I think I read a Zero Hedge article that they're like sitting on a fifty trillion dollar bubble, and thirty trillion of that is like, like bank, <laughs> like like in the banks. Uh, so yeah, yeah there's gonna be a pop so, very soon. Um, guess who wrote an article and an opinion piece in Financial Times two weeks ago, you? basically calling this? Oh, no. Our Nikki? dear friend and contributor, leader of the Open Society Foundation. Ah, uh, Very good. The George. Breaker. And this article, he sounds like a <laughs> really? cap. That's funny. He does. What if that's it's the so line funny. we take, that George Soros is the cap all along? Yeah. So let, let, let me let me Please. give you a, t- a taste of this. Um, where is it? What did I see? All right. The underlying cause is that China's birth rate is much lower than the statistics indicate. The officially reported figure overstates the population by a significant amount. Xi inherited these demographics, but his attempts to change them have made matters worse. One of the reasons why middle class families are unwilling to have more than one child is that they want to make sure that their children will have a bright future. As a result, a large tutoring industry has grown up, dominated by Chinese companies backed by U.S. investors. Such for-profit tutoring companies were recently banned from China, and this became an important element in the sell-off in New York-listed Chinese companies and shell companies. The crackdown by the Chinese government is real. Unnoticed by financial markets, the Chinese government quietly took a stake and a board seat in TikTok owner ByteDance in April. The move gives Beijing one seat on a three-person board of directors and first-hand access to the inner workings of a company that is one of the world's largest troves of personal data. The market is more aware that the Chinese government is taking influential stakes in Alibaba and its subsidiaries. Here's the, here's the kicker. Xi does not understand how <laughs> markets operate. As a consequence, the sell-off was allowed to go too far. Spoken yeah, I was like going to say, if there's one guy Austrian. who knows how markets operate, it is George Soros. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. Uh, well, yeah, and it sucks because, like, obviously who's going to get bitten in the ass is, like, the average Chinese person who has no interest in it, just like how it was here, just like how it was here. So I'm really hoping, hey, the next Chinese Ron Paul, before you make your run for the Communist Party, because <laughs> you're going to have to run for the Communist Party, Come on the show. Let's, you know, answer some questions. Yeah. We'll be happy to, you know, support you. At least one <laughs> of the three board members on this podcast has been bought out by the CCP. So I think things could work. Yeah. I think things could work. But with that, that's the news. That's all I've got. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hodling oh you Oh, my on. God. I think we've lost Carcampit. I see that we have lost Carcampit. What's going on here? By the gods. He's back. I'm here. No, Carcampit, you're back. Okay, good. It said you went offline for a second. I thought it the said CCP you went took online. one of our board members it's, down. It's, it's, it said you went offline for a second. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't as long as we're all back, we don't yeah. even have to yep. talk about that. Cool. <laughs> Car, is there any anything you have to tell the <laughs> listeners? Uh Oh, I was just saying, you know, in the in an era where the CCP seems to have its tendrils in every uh, uh, American institution, every institution that you've come to love and trust and laugh at, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very glad to report that the uh, the kind and generous CCP has not um, infiltrated this podcast yet. Or Carcadia. Yeah. Or Carcadia. No. Not yet. But, not yet. Not yet. And with that, 
I got a couple board members in Carcadia I'd like to introduce <laughs> yeah, you to. Yeah, they're just cats. It's largely... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a largely feline-dominated uh, <laughs> yeah. country. Two or three yeah. non-humans, mostly cats. Yeah. <laughs> and with that car, um, take us out. How many uh, hands are we keeping on the wheel? We got two hands on the wheel, Birdo. Squaw. Mm-hmm. Thank you.